And we are back for a fourth installment of ISN Now, your weekly Illinois podcast, diving into the analytical side of Illinois sports. Joined alongside co-host Noah Kell, I'm Will Charlton, and Noah, oh, do we have a show for the fans today. We got a lot of topics to dive into. Just like you said, we are back. They better be excited. We're going we're gonna to dive into some really, really exciting stuff, uh, starting off with uh, Illinois Sports Night like we we usually do uh, had a had a pretty uh, successful show this this past week. I co-produced with um, executive producer Emmy Larson. Big and, shout out! Yeah, it was also my first time on the desk hosting. How'd that go for you? And I, I really liked it. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it took there were a few kinks here and there. Uh, some of the ad libbing parts. Uh, you know, it's just stuff that I have to get into, make it a little smoother in the future. But I really loved it. Uh, we didn't have a full run through from the start. Oh, wow. And, and so the fact that we were able to come in and actually make it look relatively natural uh, was was a sigh of relief. And on the last day, Emmy and I had to get six minutes of time that we uh, didn't have before, or the, that we assumed we had before. And there were a, pa- a few packages that, that fell through, unfortunately. But we were able to bring that back and had a pretty successful show. So your first time in the Anchor Desk, I wasn't here, um, kind of like my bye week, I guess, for my ISN. But um, week, yeah. I definitely would not have been able to tell based off watching the show. There was no run through. I mean, everything looked pretty smooth. You and Katie had some really good interactions. I mean, I really liked the interview with the professor of the about the. Oh yeah, that, that was probably women's, my, foot, my, women's my, football. Yeah, is that women's what it was football. About? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was probably my favorite part of the show. Just the way that that transpired, and just the the topic of of women's football and the professor Tony Lichty. I she, didn't even know that existed. I didn't even know there was like an actual like tackle football league for women. Yeah, I, I'd, had, I'd seen a few uh, videos here and there, like on social media, and didn't think it was like a, a, a group or like a league, as, as you said. And her interactions with Katie Underwood, talking about, you know, her research with that sport and, you know, how it's starting to gain influence is, is very interesting. And if, the, the fact that we had a live interview also was, was, was really engaging along with Katie. And I hope we can get more of that in the future. It really adds a, a step up to our show. Absolutely. Well, make sure to tune in next Tuesday night to Illini Sports Night. Once again, always live at 7 on Facebook and Vimeo. But we're back here, obviously. And we got some really, really fun things to talk about. I can't imagine what we're going to talk about first. I I mean, (laughs) I think it's pretty obvious, but the football team just sort of kind of won a won a game this past weekend what was it 34 to 10 against wisconsin yeah, that, on the that, road that's that sounds Sound familiar sounds familiar yeah wait wait was it like the you know the first win at wisconsin i think in, in 20 years 20 is that what it was years. yeah since 2002 <laughs> yeah it was easily the uh Illini's biggest win of the year thus far oh yeah gets them to four and one got paul chris fired six ap votes too and yeah, you got six, six AP, AP votes. votes. The first time the Illini have been receiving votes since 2011, when they actually were last ranked. And there, there are a lot of firsts on this team. Each week, you hear this is the first time since 10 years ago, first time since 20 years right? ago. And it's every single week they keep upping, upping their game. And you know, going into Iowa, it's going to be a really, really tough matchup with that defense. But you have as much momentum as you can possibly hope for, outside of maybe winning that Indiana game and being five and zero. Which that's way in the past now. Right, we've discussed that. I don't even know how many times on this show so far. Oh yeah. But going into that game, you're gonna have a packed Memorial Stadium, probably more hopefully, packed than hopefully. you've seen. You'd like to think with the the expectations 
higher than they've been in years that you'll have a stadium almost as packed as what we've seen like over six years ago. Right. So, but you talking about it being packed, they gave away, donors bought a thousand tickets to give away to students. And apparently the word was they went out in 10 minutes. Like they, and I, I saw videos of the line to get it by alma mater, which is where one of the locations they given out. The line was incredibly long. So it's giving me a lot of hope that Memorial Stadium will actually be very packed up on Saturday night. I mean, as it should be, it's a Saturday night game, arguably the biggest game Illinois football is playing in a decade. Because, I mean, you think about it, they haven't beat Iowa since 2008. Yeah. Memorial Stadium has not really been filled, hasn't been sold out, right, since, since 2015, 2015. When Mitchell Trubisky started right. for North Carolina. Yeah, think about that, uh, fans who watch the NFL. Yeah, it's, it's been quite some time. <laughs> Yeah, they haven't they haven't sold. I mean, it's not a sellout just yet, but it seems like people are actually really excited about this game and going to it. I mean, I've seen on Twitter just going through it, so many people been saying, "Just got my tickets for Saturday night. Let's go! Can't wait!" It's like, wow. I mean, seeing that fans actually are starting to care about this team again. There, I mean, there's a lot to be excited about right now. Devito's looking like he's become one of the better quarterbacks in the Big Ten, in my opinion. I mean, I don't know if. There's a better quarterback in the Big Ten West right now, in my opinion. Yeah. The way he's been, the way he's been under control, the way he's looked in the pocket, scrambling, he just seems so comfortable with his offense now, too. Yeah, and he towards the beginning of the year, we saw a few struggles from him. He was figuring out the offense, right? Uh, figuring out some of their schemes and whatnot. And Lonnie, I feel like Lonnie has had a big part in developing Devito. Devito was oh, like had a really rough time in his past few years at Syracuse. Bielema talked about it, how. You know, he just wasn't having fun before, and now he's he's coming well, he here. All the time they're in Syracuse. All, yeah, they're all having a yeah. a great time. And you see, last week he had arguably, I even think he had a better game than he did against Chattanooga. Like Chattanooga was a much different team than the Badgers, and Devito just didn't make any mistakes. He didn't, and he had three <laughs> rushing touchdowns on yep. QB sneaks. Yep. And to your point earlier about the fans at Memorial Stadium last year, after they beat top ten Penn State. Came back home against Rutgers. No one was there. No. Nope. Even after that, nope. I looked up in the student section. I actually uh, sat down with my parents in the normal seats. As did I. Yeah. Because it was Dad's weekend. Right. And there was n almost no one up there. It was, it was completely empty. Yeah. And the the fact that now you see this amount, like this amount of fans, be interested and a thousand a thousand tickets sold out in ten minutes. That that gives yeah. me like basketball vibes right, right? there. Right. Doesn't it? Because I mean, I yeah. saw a. Uh, I don't know if you knew about this. I'm sure you did, but Brad Underwood came out and did a like a hype video. Said we got to fill Memorial Stadium Saturday night, just like he did. Like we, he yeah, said, I saw that. Yeah. you guys showed up for us when we clinched the Big Ten Championship against Iowa. Let's do the same thing on Saturday night. Let's make a let's fill Memorial Stadium up. So I mean, I think in general the overall message is they want students to know this football team is trending in the right direction for the first time in a long time. I mean. Us two, we've dealt with some pretty very mediocre football teams the past couple of years we've been here. And yeah, no kidding. Going into the season, I was looking forward to the team. I didn't have like crazy expectations. I think I said seven and five regular season and maybe a bowl win. I but even, now I we're sitting lower, yeah. yeah, we're sitting <laughs> at four and one now. Honestly, at this point, you win on Saturday night, you control your own destiny in the Big Ten West. Oh, there's and no question about it. The, because that, that those are Iowa and Wisconsin in the past, you know, five or six years have been the two consistently like consistent teams that have been right, up there right. as as threats to win the Big Ten West. And now mm -hmm. that Wisconsin 
I don't want to say they're out of the picture yet because you saw what they did last year, right? They won seven in a row after losing their first two. Yeah. So you you can't rule them out yet, but you can put them in the back of your mind at this point and look at other teams like Purdue, Minnesota, yep. and then Illinois, which is it's it's hard to believe over and over when I'm thinking about those teams up at the top that I'm mentioning, Illinois. I saw this post know, on right? Instagram the other day. I thought this was a little too far. They were putting contenders for each <clears throat> conference, like conference championship. And it had Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, and Illinois were the only four. I was like, oh, I, I, I like, don't know okay. if I'm ready to go there just yet. But whoever made that. I am very high in this football team <laughs> Whoever right made now. that probably hasn't had a lot of experience with watching Illinois football. But this team hasn't really given you a reason to be skeptical about their chances no, on Saturday. No, they haven't at if all. If they do their job like they did against Wisconsin, my belief is that they will win that game because that defense against a struggling quarterback like Petrus, he's he's not going to do and well. Struggling is an understatement, I'll tell you that much. Which he did have <laughs> his greatest game of the season. By far. This past week, by far, <laughs> with 246 yards and a touchdown against Michigan, who's a top five team right now. They're number yeah, four in the country. Number four, correct? yep. And... You know, that's if anything, Iowa fans should be more confident than they were before, like seeing how poorly he was doing in the previous games. But he still has the third lowest QBR uh, quarterback rating in the NCAA out of any quarterback. Yep, 20, sure does. Like we 17.8. did the research, 27th worst in college football history. 17.8. It was definitely QBR. worse before that's last terrible. week. terrible. And yeah, just, just reiterating on that, if the Illini do their job, they will force Petrus to make mistakes and. Iowa's defense at the end of the day won't be good enough to stop that Illinois offense after the pressure that they put on themselves. No, absolutely. I think that in general, it's going to come down to how DeVito plays. Like I'm me personally, I'm not expecting Chase Brown to get over hundred yards on I Saturday. I, agree. I think this is going to be the first game where he's kind of contained. I thought it was going to be the, I thought Wisconsin was going to be the first game that happened. Mm-hmm. Then he breaks off for that 49 yard touchdown run that basically put the game away in the second half. Right. Um, but yeah, Chase Brown rushed for 129 yards in the game in the win against Wisconsin. I got to say, I was a bit surprised about that. I did not see that coming. Um, but I guess I can't ever doubt this guy. I mean, he's just been the total workhorse for the Illini football team so far this season. And I mean, still the leading rusher in the nation, as well as well. That, that's not the only one thing that's number one for the Illini right now. They have the number one scoring 8. defense in the country 4 too. Points allowed per game. They're it's above the likes of Georgia. In Michigan and Alabama, some of those teams. I told a few of my friends back home in Alabama, uh, where I'm from. SEC country. Yeah, exactly. And I'm used to them making fun of Illinois football. And I told them, I was like, hey, we're the best scoring defense in the country right now. And they didn't believe me. They had to look it up for themselves. Yeah, I believe it. That just shows already how far this program's come in the past two years. And it may just go up from there. As you were saying before, Chase Brown. Uh, he just continues to impress. I was I was with you la- last week, like in, in that mindset. Yeah, those first few runs that he had, he wasn't going anywhere. That first drive, that they got the fortunate pass interference call that led to that QB sneak. Yeah, but Chase Brown had maybe one run in there where he got like five yards, and it was looking Something like, like that. his streak may end. And then next thing you know, Devito starts playing well, and that's what gets those gaps to open up because. Then the offense becomes unpredictable. That's right. That's the biggest key there. The problem in the past is the offense was never unpredictable, and they could always bank against that run. But if Devito plays well, like he did against Wisconsin this weekend, 
and starts out with like a good flow, getting it to the likes of Isaiah Williams, Pat Bryant, uh, Brian Hightower, then all of a sudden you'll start to see some of those gaps open up the same way it did against Wisconsin. I respect the Iowa defense a lot. I know, you know, what, what they can be, what they've set out to be so far, but I would be surprised if DeVito's playing really well that Chase Brown doesn't also see some of those openings as well. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, you're looking at some of these stats against Wisconsin. DeVito found Hightower a good amount. He found Brian a good amount. I mean, DeVito loves spreading the ball around. And I think that's why this offense has really come into its own. I mean, we've seen it throughout the season. He's not afraid to throw the ball to any of his targets he has. We see the t- we've seen the tight ends get involved. We've seen the emergence of Pat Bryan. We did not expect to see we probably thought Casey Washington was going to be the number two guy in this offense. I but now, thought, yeah, I but now all of a sudden you got Pat Bryan, who's really come into his own as a really good wide receiver for this team. He's your new downfield guy. I mean, Isaiah Williams is obviously just going to be your your scat back kind of. You can always just put in the slot and <laughs> he can literally go make any play in yeah. that offense. Like we saw last week, he could literally just go out to the side and throw a pass. Oh yeah, which that almost worked. And I, th- I think that could be that's definitely something in Lonnie's repertoire. Like. Uh, further down the season because we've seen obviously Isaiah Williams didn't have the greatest uh, stretch as an Illinois quarterback but he still showed potential to make a good throw when he needed to and you you could do that with him you can run him on jet sweeps you can do slants flies basically anything with him and then Pat Bryant is he and Hightower have been so huge for this offense because last year even when like Peters was in the game against, I think, Rutgers. Um, early on, he like threw a bomb to I, uh, Isaiah Williams. And after that, it was almost nothing because the only guy who was a weapon was Isaiah Williams. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and they had the running game, and that was all. Yep. Right. That, that's how predictable they were, and that's the big difference is now they're unpredictable. You don't know, even in the passing game, who they're going to go to. And you have Marquise, who has two touchdowns, two touchdowns already. He didn't even this. score a touchdown until this season. He's a six-year senior. Yeah, and yeah. he has – he has like multiple receptions as well yep. as multiple touchdowns. Yeah. And so you just don't know where this is going to go, which makes it even harder for a defense like Iowa to predict what's going to happen next in Barry Leonard's offense. Well, I mean, talking about Barry Leonard's offense too, I mean, doesn't this offense just look so much more rejuvenated? I mean, Barry, I love how fast paced it is. I love how they're just like, hey, we made a bad play. It's behind us. We're still moving forward. I mean, because. Against Chattanooga, for example, DeVito made some throws that he probably shouldn't have made. None more interceptions, but he threw a couple questionable passes. Uh, yeah, we were talking about that during that game. I don't think he threw one bad ball against Wisconsin. I mean, I don't think he threw one ball that had any chance of being picked off. I mean, every ball that he threw against Wisconsin was a – every completion he made. I mean, he went 18 for 24 for 167. Like, yeah, that's not going to light up the stat sheet, but he, he did what he had more. to do. Yeah. He like, didn't need to do any more no, than he what he did. Every single play he made, I was like, okay, that's a good decision. Yeah. Whenever he had to throw away the ball, which wasn't a lot, but there were some times when mm-hmm. he was getting he made uh, great pressured. Yeah. You got to throw that ball away, and that's exactly what he did. Yeah. Like, like he threw it close enough to wide receiver where like, you know, if one of them can make that play, they can make that play, but he kept it completely out of the defense's hands. Oh, yeah. That's the last thing you want. Personally, I think that the only way that this game gets out of the hands of the Illini early is if, DeVito, you know, makes a mistake or one of the wide receivers yeah. fumbles or like we saw a lot of drops at Indiana or Chase mm-hmm. Brown fumbles. Like there will be mistakes. You know, you can't have a perfect game, right? There're going to be mistakes, but as long as you limit them, as long as you make them simple mistakes and not the really big ones that allow Iowa to like capitalize off of that by a touchdown because 
in a slugfest, like you said earlier, this is probably going to be a good old-fashioned oh, slugfest. It'll be a good old-fashioned Big Ten West slugfest. Yeah. So we'll get to that <laughs> later on in our prediction segment. But Yeah, you know. and both of those defenses, as highly ranked as they are, a touchdown, that, that's going to be hard to come back from already because who knows, this may be uh, a, like a single-digit scoring game. Like Out of all the, te- the games in the Big Ten, this is probably the most likely of those to be like Right, this. right. I yeah, it's just it's really gonna like I think the defense is gonna hold their own against the Petrus led offense. I'm really not worried about their offense against this defense. I mean, this defense has shown that they're not afraid of dynamic offenses. I mean, we saw I mean we're going back to Chattanooga now, but we saw that they put up they've put up over thirty points in each game before they came to play here. They got shut out by this defense. And then even against Wisconsin, who has Arguably the most pro- proficient rushing offense in the Big Ten. That's what we thought before. The they last were held Saturday. to two yards total. I mean, the defense held the Wisconsin off- rushing offense to two yards, and Braylon Allen, who's a preseason Doak Walker Award favorite. I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, that's unbelievable how incredible that defense played on Saturday. And, and you know what they did? They made Graham Mertz beat them, and that's exactly how. That's, that's exactly, exactly how you beat were, Wisconsin. That's exactly we were, what you're we were talking about we were last show. That. We were like, if you stop Braylon Allen, he is the main threat. Graham Mertz has to beat you. And at first, everyone was like, oh. Like, after the first drive, Graham Mertz was like 4 for 4, 64 yeah, yards. Yeah, we were like, touchdown. great. Here we go again. Graham Mertz acts <laughs> like a Heisman quarterback against Illinois defense. And it was that first drive, and that was basically all they got outside of a field goal later. And the Illinois defense was just dominant after that. Got two interceptions off of Mertz. And... I think, if anything, the way that the Iowa offense will succeed against this team is getting to them early. The same yeah, way Mertz I agree. I, I think that if they get the ball first, or even if you know the Illini offense starts out a little slow, punts it to Iowa, that defense's first time out on the field might be the roughest for them because they're still figuring out that off Iowa offense. It's so different watching on film for a lot of those new guys, and you get to see what they're like on there, but it's a lot different when you get onto the field. Oh, yeah. And so I wouldn't be surprised if they get an opening touchdown. I'm sure a lot of people would. But then again, a lot of people didn't think that was going to happen with Wisconsin. And then it did. And then everyone was like, oh, this isn't going to be great. Then the defense showed what they were really made of. So that and then the mistakes from the Illinois offense are probably the best chances for Iowa to come out with a win. Yeah, no, I I agree with you there. I think that the thing is, if Iowa wins, the game is going to be like, like seven to three or like ten to seven. I mean, it, I was not gonna, I was not gonna win this game. If Illinois scores more than fourteen points. In um, if Illinois scores more than fourteen points, then I think that Illinois is gonna win this game. I mean, Iowa, Iowa's got a great defense. Don't get me wrong; they're very well known for that. But this offense is just horrible. They have. I mean, I'm not even gonna sugarcoat it. It's terrible. Petrus, <laughs> Petrus is just a terrible quarterback. And I mean, I. Oh. I don't know. I, I can't. I can't say like what the deal with it is, but yeah. I mean, now is the time to be blunt. You can be yeah. blunt. Like Petrus, like. <laughs> what's? It's so surprising to me though because Iowa was a good team last year. They go ten and two in the regular season. Petrus was honestly a game manager last season. That's really all he really had to be. I mean, I'm shocked because he he's regressed. Iowa was. I mean, they won the Big Ten West last season. Obviously, you got. Yeah. Destroyed by Michigan in the Big Ten Championship. But they ended up they ended up in a really good bowl game. They played Kentucky in a New Year's Day bowl game, and I think it was the Citrus Bowl. Yeah. And right. that team all around was a very solid team. 
I don't know what happened to them. I don't really think they lost much either. I was about to say, I don't think they lost. Like, yeah. Like, like, I, there weren't a lot of stories coming in the season like, oh, Iowa really just lost all their talent they had. No. You got uh, Petrus in 2020 also was yeah. like a completely different guy. Right. Like, he looked so much more comfortable in, in the pocket. He made a lot of better decisions. He just seems so out of place right now. It's so strange. He just like can't complete passes the way he used to. Like he just. I, yeah, I can't really, I can't really fathom it. But the important part is. For, for the Illinois defense is that you still can't underestimate the guy, regardless of no, how poor he's been this season. That's probably what was, uh, Michigan did. And then, you know, they were up like 20 to zero. And next thing you know, Iowa was in the red zone, threatening to get it to a one-score game. That could happen very easily with Illinois. They could be underestimating his ability. And next thing you know, they get the big plays. That is, that's what plagued Illinois against Indiana. That's what it plagued them in the... First drive against Wisconsin, that's what can yeah. plague them this weekend. You just can't underestimate them, which I guarantee you Ryan Walters is is, you know, telling them that same message. You you can never underestimate your opponent. And I don't think they will. You know, I I don't expect Petrus to go out there and surprise people. That's that's probably the last thing I expect. It's the last thing I expect too, I gotta say. But to kind of revert back a little bit about the Wisconsin win. How cool is that for Coach Brett Bielema? I mean, how cool is that? Like, he's the first coach for Illinois to win in Wisconsin since 2002, where he was so successful. I mean, he took Wisconsin to Big Ten Championships, Rose Bowls. I mean, he was, before Paul Chris got fired, he was, he's the second winningest coach in Wisconsin football history. Wait, he's at 68 and, and Paul Chris, Chris at 67. To 67. And so he'll remain in that number two spot for the very near future, considering that their new interim head coach, Jim Leonard, will be taking over for them. But um, yeah, I mean, how cool is that, that he's the first coach as an Illinois coach to like go in there and win since 2002? I mean, isn't that just, isn't that awesome? Yeah, it's. I know for, for him it meant a lot, and he talked about it after the game against Wisconsin in the, in the press conference. And he, throughout the week before that, was kind of downplaying everything. I mean, you were there uh, in the previous Monday yeah, hearing how he was like, look, I, everyone reached out to me, all these, these news um, outlets, trying to get me to do a story about how I'm coming back to Wisconsin. He was like, I didn't want to do it because he wants the win to be about the team, right. which I, I completely get that, and I agree. But at the same time, you know it's going to mean a lot to him. And then after he was downplaying it a lot, everyone just assumed it didn't matter to him. He was like, don't get me wrong, guys. This is a big deal. Like, this is a big deal for me coming back. And he got to visit a lot of people before the game that he knew in Wisconsin and, like, you know, really good friends, family as well. And it's still a, a big deal for him, but it's, even, it's an even bigger deal for the team in his eyes that they were able to do something that they hadn't done in 20 years and what it means for this program. And how, how it changes expectations. He said this this Monday that last year when they beat Nebraska in that game one, everyone was freaking out because they beat a Big Ten team. And exactly. That made Bielema furious. He was like, I didn't realize that was such a, you know, such, the benchmark was to just beat a, one team in the Big Ten. And he was like, this is going to change. And already it has in less than two years. and. You know, his family coming to Madison also was a big surprise for him and made him feel even better being able to see them after he won that game at a place where he used to coach for so long, a place where he, you know, raised his family. 
that that had to mean so much for him. And right, you know, then it was really funny that his daughter coming up to him was like, you know, can we go swimming? I want to go swimming. And he was like, <laughs> that was so. She doesn't adorable. exactly care about that. Was the, so adorable. Yeah, I, I mean, of course, she won't care about the the twenty twenty years. I don't blame her. You know, a, a good swim. That's oh yeah. Fun. <laughs> oh yeah. They just wanted to get back home so they can go swimming, but. Just to recap, 34 to 10 blowout win over Wisconsin. They'll be taking on the Iowa Hawkeyes Saturday night at Memorial Stadium at 6:30. We'll come back to this in a little bit and give our predictions on the show, but we are going to switch over to volleyball, who oh man. Pain. Let's pain. Say. It's pain. pain. They uh on Friday night, last Friday they Hosted the number five ranked Purdue Boilermakers and went down two zip early. Came back to win the next two sets. Had fourteen to thirteen match points, and then Purdue won the next three points and took the match in five sets. I was there for that one, Noah. Um, I was working that game. Oh man! I after the first three sets, I was like, oh geez, I guess my prediction is gonna be way off. I do not think this is gonna go to five now, but. You know, Illinois volleyball, they really like to go down early and come back and then let us all down at the end. But <laughs> that, you know, that's they, one they, way of putting it. They, I mean, uh, <clears throat> that was honestly one of the most incredible volleyball matches I've ever seen. I mean, the way that it was just so back and forth. I, Huff Hall was unreal how loud it was on Friday night. It was ridiculous. I mean, like, my ears were almost hurting with how loud the place got. It was unreal. <laughs> it was so cool, though. I mean, yeah. like, the fans got so pumped up because of the comeback and just hearing the place go dead silent when Purdue got that final point. It's like, oh, man, what a bummer. But, yeah, there's there's no feeling quite like being in an atmosphere like that. I mean, I watched when I was younger. You know, I have a younger sister. She played volleyball for years, always watched her. You know, I enjoyed watching the sport, but it doesn't even – it pales in comparison to going to Huff Hall and watching that team with all the fans in there going completely crazy. And it makes it so much more exciting when they win a point off a kill or a block and the players get all pumped up because, you know, the fans are also cheering them on and they feel the energy. You, you feel it in that stadium. And that was a big reason why I actually wish I was there on Friday. I was actually at a, a St. Louis Cardinal game. Got to see Albert Poole's 700 first home run, which was That's awesome. pretty cool, though. That's pretty cool. So I was, I was really glad I was there for that. But then... I was getting a bunch of texts like Illinois forces a fifth set at Purdue and I knew they were down 2-0 and I thought the same thing you did. I was like, man, our prediction's going to be way off. Yeah. But then when they got it to five, I was like, huh, that's right. pretty accurate on our part. Right. And half of me wished that I actually hadn't gone to that game because I would have loved to see that and it would have been even better if the Illini were able to finish it off against a, a pretty dang good Purdue team. And yeah. I can't imagine how electric it was there that night. The thing that really sucks, though, is that they follow that up with a loss at number eight, Wisconsin, in five sets again. And this time around, though, they were up two to one after three sets. It hurts even more. <laughs> like, to them, think that especially. they had two incredible chances to just, like, say, hey, we're a Big Ten juggernaut this season. Yeah, sure, we had a pretty average non-conference, but that doesn't mean we're still ready to go for the Big Ten. Now... Granted, even though you were super competitive in both those games, losing both of them is just so heartbreaking. And if they could have found a way to win both those, you're in the top 20, maybe even the top 15 again. Yeah, I, I knew going into that Purdue game, 
when they almost won that, I was thinking, man, you win that, you get that momentum to go at Wisconsin, find a way to win that. Next thing you know, you're ranked again after what was a really bad five and five start. Just think in the easily the best conference in the nation in volleyball, you start out four and oh, beating two top 10 teams that completely rejuvenates your season. But then losing after having the one point away, you had game point and you blow it. You're winning two to one at the defending champions, yep. Wisconsin Badgers, yep. who were number eight, and finding a way to lose that too. I, I, I feel for this team because, you know, it, we, we can say, one, like, for one thing for us, you know, it sucks watching them do that. But for them, those players who, you know, work as hard as they do, yeah. and, you know, they work. You, you watch them play. They worked uh, together so well. Oh, yeah. Starting in Big Ten. It it's feels like they really actually. got their identity back. Yeah. And Those you know two they great can wins win at home. You, you know they can win it. You saw how well they played in both of those against Wisconsin and Purdue, as well as the first yep. two when they actually won. Mm-hmm. And you know they can do it. And they're just that close. And they just can't get it done. It, it kind of breaks my heart it for them. It stings. And the thing is, like, this volleyball team, as we've talked about before, they were expected to be one of the top of at near the top of the pack in the Big Ten this season. They are ranked se- yeah. they are ranked 17 to start the season. Now, I mean, they are receiving votes again in the ABCA coaches poll. They're I mean, they're the last team to be receiving votes, but they are receiving votes again. So that means that the coaches poll did see that they competed very well this past weekend. They're two and two in the Big Ten now, heading into this weekend when they have a couple more matches. I I think that in general just I really hope that the fact they lost both those games doesn't just like bring their bring them down because you played number five and number eight in the same weekend and took them both to five sets. And it was arguably two that you should have won. Yeah, so it was. I, if anything, I feel like that made their case a little bit better than it was previously. Yeah. Because they showed once and for all that they can compete with those teams. They just have to find a way to finish those matches off. Yes. And I think from here on out, they can't let that get to them because there's mm-hmm. still a big bulk of the season left. You are still towards the beginning yes. of Big Ten play. You go out there, you win. Like you, you get three or four games above 500 in that Big Ten play. I could definitely see a, a tournament appearance for the line, I still. And the thing is, like when you look at the Big Ten top to bottom, there's like 10 teams who can make the tournament. It's ridiculous. I mean, you're. we talked about this before, but there's no doubt about it. It's the best Big Ten. I mean, the best volleyball school in the country. The Big Ten is unreal in volleyball. Yeah, yeah we've talked about how, how skilled they are. And it's, it was a lot like the past few years with, with Big Ten basketball and seeing how many they were going to get in the tournament. You know, in, in hindsight, now we see how poorly they, they did in, in basketball. But it's a similar type of feeling knowing that you're going to get a lot of teams out of that conference consistently. And that just speaks volumes to the teams that in Big Ten play end up being above 500 at all. Yep. Which, which shows the, the, the skill of those teams when they're playing against other legitimate, um, you know, high-skilled high, uh, high teams. So mm-hmm. that, just, that, that means a lot if Illinois can go out, as we said, you know, win a few more of these uh, and win. they got to win some ranked games. Yeah, like they're they they're zero and five against. They'll have a chance to this weekend. Yeah, they're zero and five against ranked teams. Yeah, that's a killer. That's a and, killer. You know, it's obviously you can say, oh well, they've had a tough schedule. But if you want to be ranked and if you want to make it to the tournament, you have to show that you can at least beat some of these teams. 
You yep. can't just keep losing. I agree. I agree 100%. Volleyball will be in action this weekend. Have two more matches coming up, but the, last weekend they did drop those back-to-back five-set heartbreaking matches to Purdue and Wisconsin, respectively. Hopefully they turn around this weekend, but we have some basketball news for you. The Illini have just landed a four-star recruit, Dre Gibbs-Lawhorn, who was originally committed to Purdue, but the Illini stole him from the Boilermakers. And uh, I got to say, I am just... Now, granted, like football is a very is very exciting right now, but wow, I'm so excited for basketball to start up later this month. Well, I, I like how despite you know being as huge in football now, which was unexpected going into the year, that we still have even before the season some of this this big news like sporadically from the basketball team, knowing that you know they're they're not just going to stop uh, being good after these next few years. They're they're continuing to have good recruiting. Stealing guys from the likes of Purdue with Matt Painter. And yep. you know, that that's a that's a tough team to steal a guy from, especially a four-star who had a lot of promise in high school. And to be able to do that, you have, you know, even after Chin Coleman, um, as as one of the assistant coaches, uh, you know, he was one of the guys who went to Kentucky. They they were amazing recruiters and they were great assistant coaches. For them to leave and go to Kentucky and for us to get some guys back like Tim Anderson, uh, it's it's unbelievable just to to have that that skill at that position outside of a great coach like Brad Underwood. It's already showing that they can get a guy from a top-tier program like Purdue. And here's the thing. He's a native of Lafayette, Indiana. Purdue's in West Lafayette, Indiana. Yeah. He's not staying home. He's coming to the good guys. Yeah, how do you get a guy who... I mean, I can picture the story right now in my head. Well, a, I, I'll a dude tell you who's, why. Who's, who's been there for, why you got him? A dude who's been there the for, forever, his whole entire life, and probably like was a big Probably Purdue grew fan. up a Boiler fan. Yeah, yeah, he probably grew up a Purdue fan, probably had a dream of playing for them, and then all of a sudden he gets there, and then you know, you're about to re- read the decides to come here. That he decided to come to Illinois. Yeah. So That's hard to do. Yeah. Gibbs Lawhorn said, quote, I ultimately chose Illinois because they jumped into the opening of my recruitment early and hard and prioritized me. Coach Underwood is an intense coach, so I think he will bring the best out of me. They believe in me more than anyone else, and they showed that. I mean, I got to say, that's, that sounds great. The four-star recruit is a senior in high school right now. He's a 2023 recruit. He'll be here next season. Not this one, but the next season. But got to say, seeing this and then hopefully seeing Zachary Perrine come here too. Those are two huge recruits you'll have coming in for, not this season, but next season already. Tim Anderson is just one of the best recruiters in college basketball. We, I mean, there's really not much else to say besides that. The future is only bright for these Illini. And we keep seeing that again and again through and through with this staff and these players. You know, you're going to start to see, you know, it's been – great being a fan the past few years you haven't seen the march results but you're going to start seeing them well i mean we're going to be a little more than just fans for this basketball team we're going to be covering a lot of the games at state farm center this season we kind of we kind of lucked out uh not having to worry about having to buy season tickets which obviously once again sold out in 36 minutes i'm willing to bet i wouldn't have been able to get them regardless me too me too it works out but we both got kind of lucky last year but uh this year since we're going to be covering most of the games we go to Besides the ones that, well, the one that I announce. Um, big flex, big flex. 
I mean, it, it's gonna it's gonna be the analyst role as of right now, but you know, I'm still very excited for that. But yeah, so it's gonna be pretty cool to go to all these games, see this team this season, and then uh, it's already cool to know that we got a lot to look forward to with recruits coming in next season. Yeah, it's just another reiteration that this team isn't gonna stop after this year or next year or the year after that. Underwood, you like to think he's gonna be here for the long haul. I think he'll be here for the long haul, and he just keeps finding these guys who are amazing assistant coaches, and I'm willing to bet they're not going to be here for much longer either. I Probably there's not. no way they're not going to be lured to like some starting coach job. Because, oh yeah, because they've already shown that they have what it takes at their current position at a big school like Illinois that was struggling before. Oh yeah, and they're keeping up that success. So, you know, you're just going to have guys, not not like you know getting recycled like that quickly, but guys who build a culture and then leave, and then hopefully you have other guys like that. Absolutely. Basketball, like we've talked about, will start their season October 28th in an exhibition game against Quincy. But now it's about that time of the show where we give some predictions for upcoming sporting events. Obviously, we're going to jump back to football. They play Iowa, a chance to beat them for the first time since 2008. Noah, what's your score prediction? For... Arguably the biggest game of the season so far. Right, yeah, and I, I don't think it's arguably. I think this is legitimately the highest stakes they've had. And I will, I will say 24-16 to 16 Illinois. 24 It's a lot 16. higher than most people are wow. saying, but, but here's my 40 reasoning. points? I feel like there's a lot in this I one. I know, I know. It's, it's definitely the over. A lot of people are, are banking on the under for this because <laughs> you have two of the best defenses, as we mentioned. Oh, yeah. And uh, like I said earlier, I'm really focusing on that quick start that the Illini, that has plagued the Illini so far, plagued them against Wisconsin. Right. But I think that they will start off quick, and then DeVito or, like, the offense, I, I predict a few miscues early on just to make the Illini fans a little bit nervous. But then the defense will, will kind of back the offense and give them some confidence. Then you'll start to see some of the offensive flow that you've seen the past few games, and I believe that Iowa has a chance to tie on the last drive, and the Illini defense says, no, 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 not today. Do the little the Kim Bay Mutombo uh, finger <laughs> wag as I'm doing here. But, yeah, that, that, that's my prediction. All right. I can see I it going it. either way. I can it. see them scoring, a, a, like, barely 10 points, both yeah. teams. I wouldn't be surprised with any of these results, but that's my prediction. Will? I think both, ta- both teams score three times. Here's the difference. Illinois 21, Iowa 9. That's my score prediction. I think the Illini find the end zone three times, and the Hawkeyes do not. They, they'll kick three field goals, the Illini will score three touchdowns, and that'll be the game. The trend of not allowing a touchdown at Memorial Stadium is going to continue this Saturday night. I would love that. <laughs> and I just, I just see it happening. I think that, okay, like I was talking about earlier, it's going to come down to DeVito winning the game for the Illini. Chase Brown, I do not expect him to rush. I mean, I, I probably expect between 50, 75 yards, somewhere in that 25-yard range. Um, but it's going to come down to DeVito making plays, and he's going to make the plays that will give the line the win. I think the defense is going to hold their own against a very lackluster offense. I'm not worried about that at all. But I think DeVito, the X factor is going to be DeVito leading this Illinois team into one of the biggest games they've played in probably a decade. And he's yeah. going to... He's going to be the guy. I mean, he's big-time Tommy, right? Big-time Tommy. He's big-time Tommy. So I, Tommy. I really expect that DeVito's going to be the guy who wins the game for the Illini this Saturday night. 
and I got the Illini winning a good old-fashioned slugfest, 21-9. And, yeah, like you said, that inability for teams to score at Memorial Stadium packed onto the top that this Iowa offense, even when they're in good positions, they just can't execute. Those three field goals, I could see, I could see that happening too. Yeah, uh, I, I don't really expect either for our also some key turn, to be spot some key on, turnovers but... are going to be big for the Atlanta as well. Some key turnovers, yeah. either one or two big turnovers, which I expect to see turnovers from both teams. I'd be yeah. shocked if, like, if if we somehow end up with zero turnovers, that would be the last thing expected from me. But you know, I'd also will be surprised if you don't have both teams committing turnovers at the same time. And like you said, it comes down to Devito if they want to win this Big Ten West. Which, you know, we're going straight there. We went from wanting to get to a bowl game to pop the Big Ten West, baby. Let's go. There's a chance. (laughs) Yeah, there's legitimately a chance. And there always was in this this weak division. But regardless, if you want to get up there and be at the top of that division, you're going to have to have DeVito having those performances Saturday night, like after Saturday night, every weekend doing that. Because... All these teams know that Chase Brown is that guy. Oh, yeah. He is that guy. He is, uh, he's first in <laughs> rushing yards, 733 through five games. That's unreal. That's I mean, he's literally averaging just under 150 per game. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So it's crazy. I, I agree with you. I don't think he's going to get to 100. I think he could if DeVito plays really well, giving him openings for that. Hey, but you never know. He might break one again. You never know. He you very, never he know. very easily could, and it depends a lot on DeVito's play. But if, if they want to beat Iowa, if they want to beat teams after that, like you said, DeVito's going to have to continue to step up. So you got 24-16. I got 21-9. I guess we'll find out come Saturday night. You guys will want to watch this game on Big Ten Network at set on Saturday night, 6.30 p.m. kickoff. It'll be live on Big Ten Network from Memorial Stadium. going to be absolutely crazy. <laughs> Volleyball has two road matches this weekend. They'll be playing Maryland for the second time this season on Friday night. Noah, how do we see that game going? They beat Maryland 3-1 to one in the first match of this season. Hmm. I, I want to have faith in this, this volleyball team because, you know, we, we saw, like we said, how competitive they were against top-tier teams in the Big Ten. I'll go ahead and say Illinois in five. It's okay. a lot tougher when they're on the road. But I liked what I saw when they played Maryland last time in person. I was sitting mm-hmm. right courtside there, basically. Yep. And they were just really confident against that team. And obviously, it's a lot different when you aren't at Hapal. But I'll, I'll see a five-set thriller in that one. And this time, it goes the Illini's way. All right. All right. I am going to say Illini in four. I think that the Illini or, will. Or repeat, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that it'll be very similar this time. But I wouldn't be surprised if Maryland actually wins the first set. I think the Illini are going to win in four, but I wouldn't be surprised if Maryland wins that first set. I really wouldn't. And the reason I say that is because, like, Illinois is coming off this really tough weekend they just had where they should have probably beat two top ten teams back-to-back. And it's like, all right, well, I mean, since we competed really well against those teams, we should be able to beat Maryland again, right? So I think they might come into it really not, like, expecting the same look from Maryland. So I wouldn't be surprised if they take the first set, but I think the Illini win that one in four. But they also will play Penn State this weekend. Penn State ranked number 13 right now. And I, I'll tell you, I mean, that's another big test for the Illini to see if they can get another road, big road win. I mean, after last week against Wisconsin, who's now number seven this week, it would be pretty nice to see a, a 
big road win like that. Penn State's 13 and 2 right now. For some reason, they dropped a, a rank. Not really too sure why yeah, that, they that were happened. Yeah, they were 12 last week. I yeah, saw. so they're number 13 now. Hmm. Over They were overtaken by Oregon in the ABCA poll. But what do you think about the game at Penn State? I think this team, banking on the fact that they beat Maryland, they'll go in feeling hot a little bit, wanting to get their first-ranked win. I still don't think it's going to happen. I see a loss in four, okay. uh, personally. I think this team is just going to straddle, continue to straddle around 500 like they have most of okay. the season, unfortunately. But yeah, it's, just, it's, it's so hard to win on the road in the Big Ten, it especially is. against it a top-15 team. Yeah. I just don't see it happening. No, I understand that completely. I'm going to say Penn State in five just because I don't want to underestimate the Illini like I did last weekend saying that Wisconsin is going to win the easy four sets. Which is, I, I said it. Wisconsin was going to win in three sets. Right. So <laughs> I'm going to give the Illini the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to say Illini will fall in another close one in five, but they'll go one and one on the weekend. They'll beat Maryland in four. They'll lose to Penn State in five. I see a one and one record regardless of which game it is. So you got – the Illini in five over Maryland. Then you got them falling in four against Correct. Penn State. That's right. And I got them winning in four against Maryland, and I got them losing in five against Penn State. So for our final prediction here, soccer will play at Purdue this weekend. Purdue three eight and one right now as a team. Illinois six five and two, coming off a pretty tough loss, which you were almost right about against Northwestern. They lost four zip. You said three I was, zip. I was. You're a wondering second what, away. Yeah, because I said four to zero at first. I believe I mean, it. Th this team just hasn't really impressed me in any way this season, except for that early win against Butler. That was about it. Yeah. Since then, they've just been really mediocre. And, yeah. You know, jumping into that prediction, Purdue has looked even worse. But I'm going to predict a one to one tie. One to one tie. I just wow. Especially also after watching them play against Iowa. Okay. And yeah. they, they, they had a 2-2 tie there. Right. We won't talk too much about it, but a few mistakes made there <laughs> on the uh, defensive side. But I'll let the Illini prove me wrong in my prediction. Okay. I want that to happen. So I'm just going to say a 1-1 tie with Purdue. So you're going 1-1. I'm going to go with a 2-1 Illini. I'm gonna I'm gonna say the Illini win two to one and advance to seven, five, and two. I like that optimism. Gotta be a little optimistic. But that is just about all the time we're going to have for you today on the podcast. But before we go, we'll take a look ahead to some other teams that will be in action this weekend and early next week. Men's tennis will be at the Redbird Invite at Illinois State. Women's tennis will be at the June Stort Invitational in Nashville, hosted by Vanderbilt. Softball has their orange and blue World Series and alumni game this weekend. And the swim and dive team will be having their first meet Saturday against Indiana State. But that's all the time we have for today. Noah, any final thoughts? Uh, no, another great show. We discussed a lot of interesting topics. Hopefully we come back next week even more excited than we were before. Um, it really flew by again. Right. Yeah, it always tends to do that. Just, I mean talking about sports i can i tend to ramble if anyone hasn't noticed oh me yet. too <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what i i do when talking about sports is what i've always done but i feel like we we really enjoy this and looking forward to more episodes to come well this is our platform to do it i'll tell you that much but thank you so much for listening and we will be back with you next week around this time for the fifth episode of ISN now hopefully talking about a big Illini win saturday night we'll see we will see.